Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to Joshua chapter 3 and verse 9. Joshua 3 and verse 9. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua 3 and verse 9. Before we come to three main points, I want to make some five observations, especially of the types that are set before us on this occasion. The first is the ark itself, the ark that was to go before the children of Israel. A distance of the 2,000 cubits, some um, 3,500 feet, long distance in front of the children of Israel so that they could see it. That was the whole idea, that everyone could see it. You know, if there's a crowd and someone or something is very close to that crowd, you cannot see it. But if you put it a great distance away, then you can see it. Everyone can see it. And that was the idea that is here. And not only that, really, we think of as the ark of a type of Christ. The Old Testament saints, they saw that blessing afar off. We see it afar off. We look back to Christ we read what he accomplished, what he did. But when you and I come down to death, then, then we shall see him close up. Then we shall need him. Then we shall need to see him in a way that we haven't seen him before. And we have then the ark, which is a type of Christ, and we can see it especially in those things that it contained. We know it is a, is a box, uh, some uh, two and a half feet long, foot and a half or so high and square, and carried upon the shoulders of the Levites, all overlaid with gold inside and out, and the lid of it, the mercy seat with the cherubims, the golden cherubims they were looking at, and the Lord's promise that he would meet with his people from over the mercy seat between the cherubims, but inside the ark, and we are told in Hebrews, a summary of those things that were put there. There was first the unbroken tables of the law, that law that was broken uh, uh, in Adam. We all have broken that law, but so clearly seen as the tables were thrust down from the mount by Moses, that those tables were broken because of the sins of the people. The Lord angry with the people, but then he provided the unbroken tables, the fulfilled law, not by the people, but was to be by the Lord Jesus Christ. And those completed tables, they were put in the ark. It is a very clear, a simple message to us of where the, Lord is, the law is fulfilled. Not in us, but in Christ. And there it is placed. You might say, well, it would be hidden, wouldn't it? You wouldn't see it normally in the ark. And in fact... You wouldn't even see the ark. You wouldn't see the gold. You'd see the shape of it when they moved, but the veil of the temple had to be put over the ark as it was moved. But they were to understand where it was. And we might think, well, we cannot see it either. It is hidden. It is hidden in Christ. It is within the veil. Christ is within the veil. But we understand, and we understand through the word of God where the law is fulfilled. Christ hath fulfilled the law and made it honourable 
So the ark is a type of Christ in that way. Also inside of the ark was the pot of manna, the food from heaven that the children of Israel ate all their wilderness through, that which the Lord spoke on at length in John chapter 6, when they said to him that Moses gave us that manna from heaven. And the Lord said, Moses gave you not that manna, but my Father giveth you the true manna. He said, except ye eat my flesh and drink my blood, ye have no life in you. Then he said this, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And we have it written in Deuteronomy in the Lord telling, resisting Satan in this, that man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And so with the Lord Jesus Christ, my words, they're the manner. Here in our text, come and hear the words of the Lord. We have this in the ark, in Christ. Words of the gospel, words of life, words of food, words whereby the people of God live and the children of Israel all their journey through. The third thing that was in the ark was Aaron's rod that budded. There had been a rising up of those that sought to usurp the authority that God had given to Aaron as the high priest. And God said that he would decide who was to be the high priest. And so they had to each man of their tribes was to lay up their rods before the tabernacle. And in the morning it was to be the rod that budded was the rod that was to be the one that God had chosen. And with Aaron's rod, it was not only budded, but it had blooms and it had fruit as well. It had bore almonds. And very clearly, the Lord pointed to Aaron. Here is my high priest. Of course, Aaron was a type as well. We come to Hebrews, and we have our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that appears in the presence of God for his people. And it is clearly said of our Lord Jesus Christ, he appears in the presence of God for us. So when we think of the ark that is central here, that is going to be seen by all of the people and is going to be passing through into Jordan, we must clearly understand that this is pointing to our Lord Jesus Christ, the fulfiller of the law of God, the life-giving words and manner for the people of God, and the one whom God has given authority. This is my beloved Son, in whom I have am well pleased. Not given himself the authority, but given of his father. But then there is the name of Joshua, Joshua that is mentioned here. Now really the names of Joshua and Jesus are essentially the same. Both are English pronunciations of the Hebrew and of the Greek, the names of our Lord. So it is in our King James Bible, if we look in Acts uh, 7 verse 45 or Hebrews chapter 4 verse 8, we have Jesus spoken of. But it's very clear in the context what is being referred to is Joshua because it is translated in that case using the New Testament name. So... The meaning of Joshua, the meaning of Jesus, the Lord, is salvation. And why I mention this is because, again, we have in our text, and Joshua said unto the children of Israel, come hither and hear the words of the Lord. When we can look past Joshua and we can see the Lord Jesus Christ, we can see again another time. The ark is a time. Joshua is a type. 
He is the one that is to lead the people of God into heaven, into the promised land. Not Moses. Moses representing the law, he must stay in the wilderness. He must stay uh, not in the promised land. We think of the Mount of Transfiguration where the disciples, they saw the vision of Moses and Elijah representing the law and the prophets and they were talking with Jesus and what were they talking of? His decease that he should accomplish at Jerusalem, his death, his sufferings, Calvary, that's what they were speaking of. When the cloud was lifted up and they'd heard the voice, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, they saw no man but Jesus only. He is the fulfiller of the law. He is the fulfiller of prophecy. And it is then that in preaching the gospel we come to prophecy. We come to the law of God and all of them, all of them will point to Christ. All of them will be a message to us to look unto him and be saved all the ends of the earth. As the Lord said, for I am God and there is none else. We have in verse 15 the going into Jordan. I want to say in this point of Jordan as being a type of death, the river of death. We're told in this verse that Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. And we know our Lord told in the parables that the harvest is the end of the world. Well, the harvest is when the Lord is gathering his people, when he is reaping them, when he is bringing them uh, home to glory. Death also is set forth in this way. The river of Jordan stood between the wilderness journey and the promised land. And death stands between us here below and heaven. There is no way that we can escape that, either chains like Elijah was and Enoch, or it shall be we pass through death, or what is equivalent to that. We, we must die, but the Lord has made a way. Here we have the ark, a picture of our Lord going down into death, into Jordan, making a way for his people to pass over. These are simple types, but they're clear types. And I believe they need to be clear for us to really simply, clearly understand how the Lord has brought about salvation, how he has uh, overcome death, how he has made a way that sinners might be brought to glory and to be with him. There's just one more comment I've made, and that is in verse 12. We have the mention of 12 men to be taken. Now therefore take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man. Now in this chapter that we've read, there's nothing more mentioned uh, about the 12 men. Later on, we know that they are to take stones out of uh, Jordan, they are to raise up a monument, uh, outside of the river and also in the middle of the river as a testimony uh, to what the Lord had done. But really what is pointed out here, these men were witnesses. These men were to be witnesses that were the means of raising up a lasting monument to what had been done in Jordan. And you cannot help seeing the parallel that the Lord chose 12 apostles. And what made them apostles was that they were witnesses of Christ's life and of his death. And when they had to choose the one to take the place of Judas Iscariot, then it had to have, that person had to have that mark that they had been a witness. They had been with Christ. They had seen what he had done they had seen his death, they had seen his rising again and appearing to them after he rose from the dead. 
So we have these, these types, these parallels that are not fanciful interpretations. May we always remember this. These things are not that we just see something and sometimes we can see illustrations in nature and we might say, well, that is a beautiful way of illustrating a biblical truth. Uh, and that is it's valid to do that as an illustration. But when we come to types and shadows, it is what God has chosen, put in his word, authoritatively linked the two together so that it's not just something that the minister decides, well, this, this is, a, is a nice illustration, a nice time. I'll set it before the people. This is God setting it before the people. He is giving a provision in gospel days in the Old Testament of a rich gospel message to the people of God. A message in our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So I want to look with the Lord's help at three points. Firstly, a message for God's people. Our text says, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel. Then secondly, a place to hear the words of the Lord our God. Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And then thirdly, the words of the Lord, which you'll find in the following uh, three verses, or two verses especially. So firstly, a message for God's people. Israel that is here just passing through the wilderness and to enter into the promised land are again a type of God's people. He said of them that you only have I known of all people upon the earth, a special people that I have redeemed unto myself. He redeemed them out of Egypt. He had formed them a people for himself he had brought them to himself. He'd given them uh, his law. He had guided them, gone before them, and he had taken them to be his people. Later on, at the end of this book of Joshua, when Joshua is about to die, then he says to the people, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he brought a promise from the children of Israel as well that the Lord would take them for their God and that they would willingly come under his laws and obey him and serve him. And we uh, told that those that outlived Joshua, the, the children of Israel, while they lived, they continued walking in the ways of the Lord. But the Lord had taken this people as a special people unto himself. And they again are a type of the people of God. They are a people of God from Adam's day to the last one to be gathered, including all Israel, those that are chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, those of whom the Lord said in John 10, Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. There are people that are spoken of in Jeremiah 3, uh, 31, verse 3. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, and therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. It is a people that is described in John 10 as God's sheep. My sheep, they hear my voice. This message is... For God's people, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. When the Lord will have a message for his people, then he opens their ear. He causes them to hear that message. He speaks to them. And so this message is to Israel a type of the people of God. And how they are known is that they are hearing the word of God. The word of God is sent to them. They have been given a hearing ear 
And we have seven times with the seven churches in Asia, after each message to those churches, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. We are not to think, well, we might not be one of God's people. What if we are not one of his? Then this message is not to us, and you might shut yourself out from it. But the way the Scriptures put is if the Lord has given you an ear, then let him hear. If the ear is opened, if there is an appetite, we read in Acts 2, in that early church, when the Spirit was first given, then they that gladly received the word were baptised. The many that would not receive the word of God, but the Lord said, He that receiveth you, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. And God's people are known by that mark. They hear the shepherd's voice. And the Lord then is very clear in giving this description of the message and what it is. As if he'd say, here is the message. If your ear is open to hear this message... If this message is good news to you, which the gospel is, then this is a true token of being the people of God. A message for God's people. It is also an invitation to God's people. Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither. An invitation to come nigh brought nigh by the blood of Christ, brought near by sin, by nature. We are far off from God, but the Lord would have his people near unto him. People unto him. The Lord says, No man can come unto me except the Father which sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And this is the work of God. This is the desire. You think of the high priestly prayer of our Lord in John 17, where he says, Father, I will that they whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. And his desire is that they be with him, that the separation be not eternal separation, but the Lord had devised means whereby his banished is brought nigh unto him. And this means is set before us here. And the invitation to the people of God is that they are brought near so that they will hear and brought nigh. Here is Joshua, a beautiful type of Christ, type of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come unto me, come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, ye shall find rest unto your souls. The dear disciples, so many times, even when the Lord had been uh, publicly preaching, they came near, they were brought near, and they had special audience with them, and he spoke to them, and he opened up the parables to them. They delighted to hear his voice, they knew his voice, they resorted unto him. Ignorant they were, many times they needed the Lord to interpret the word and interpret the way, but they had that secret, they had a God to go to, and a beautiful invitation as here to come hither. And it was for this specific purpose, come here, come hither and hear the words of the Lord, your God. What a, a beautiful thing that the Lord should say to his people that these words are not the words just of God, but your God, your God. And when you receive the words of God, when you hear them, the sweet saviour of Christ, when your heart burns like the two on the way to Emmaus, when the heart is opened, then the Lord is saying, your God. You know, dear Thomas, he said, my Lord 
and my God. And it's a blessed thing when we know that of what our text speaks here. Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. I want to look secondly at a place to hear the words of the Lord our God. Joshua says, Come hither. I want to look at this just in a couple of ways. Firstly, where the Lord speaks in the house of God. We know, of course, many of us have been blessed in our homes. We have met the Lord in the closet in secret prayer and we've heard the Lord's words there. And we would never... Never despise that. We'd always look for the Lord's visits there. But I remember when the Lord first called me by grace. The Lord did bless me in my home many, many times and hadn't actually blessed me in the house of God. And at that time, I had a dear Dutch friend that uh, visited later. He, he lived with me for several years in Australia. And when I left his home one night, I said to him, I said, you know, I think the Lord can bless as, as much in the home as in the house of God. And just the look on his face, it was a look of horror, what I'd said. And I went home and I thought, what have I been, what have I said? And, and why is he so shocked? And I thought, yeah, the reason why you've said that is because you haven't been blessed in the house of God, but you haven't been looking for it there. And it really caused me really trouble of soul and exercise. Was there really blessings? And at that time, I was reading services at Melbourne. I was, I was a deacon. I was taking the services there. And I cried and cried to the Lord that he would favour me and bless me in the house of God. Well, I can't even remember the sermon that I was reading. But one day I was reading that sermon and the Lord suddenly came in. And in a short space of time, it's just in quick succession, he brought to my remembrance all the blessings I'd had at home. And with the sweet savour of Christ. And just brought them all and said, here, here are all these blessings, they are in the house of God. And it was a sacred time, a blessed time. They belonged there, the Lord had given me them, and he gave me them as it were again in the house of God. And I hope it is with you friends here, that though the Lord may bless you at home, and I hope you expect that and look for that, you look for it especially in the house of God, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. Forsake not the assembling of the yourselves together, as the manner of some is, so much the more as you see the days approaching. When we think of Thomas, and we mentioned him, and how that when the Lord rose from the dead that first day of the week, he was not with the disciples. And he had to wait a whole nother week before he saw the Lord. And maybe not as forsake that assembling together, but be the expectation as unto him shall the gathering of the people be. In heaven it shall be. Here the gathering is. There's all Israel and the ark is set before them. I, if I be lifted up above the earth, will draw all men after me. And the Lord's promise, it hath pleased God through the preaching of the word to save them that believe. There is the scripture warrant and expectation that the Lord will bless the means that he has appointed and use that. And so that we hear his voice in this setting, 
Joshua is saying here to the children of Israel, come hither. We cannot obey that in a literal way to go to Jordan or any other specific place, but in a gospel place, where is it? Not this church or that church and saying, well, we are the true church and you're not. But wherever the people of God meet together, wherever they are gathered together, and we mentioned the churches in Asia, seven distinct churches in one area, really, of Asia. Distinct churches, not all amalgamated into one. Distinct ones, types of Christ, independently governed, Christ as the head, and each one dealt with individually. The Lord knowing the works of each one and having a word to speak to each one and speaking to them through the angel of the churches or through the minister. And you notice here, we have with Joshua, you might take him back now as a, as, a, as a man before the Lord, because we have in verse 7, the Lord said unto Joshua, and he has the word to Joshua. Then the Joshua says to the people of God, the children of God, come hither and hear the words of the Lord. And all the Lord's servants, they receive the words of the Lord and preach the word. They are but earthen vessels, but the excellency of the power is not of us, but of God. And we bring forth the word of the Lord and he that receiveth us, they receive the Lord. When we obey the Lord's command, preach the word. Preach the word. We lift up a Christ, precious Christ. We preach the word of God. So may we have a high view of the house of God, the gathering together of the people of God, the church of God. Not venerating a building as such, but... It is such a sad thing. I find it so so sad, really, in, 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 in this town even. They're, they're seeking to obtain a, a new vicar. There's a prescription on the internet as to what they're looking for in this town. And there's no qualifications of a man of God, a preacher at all. All they want is someone that shall draw in the people, that shall utilise the church building for concerts and for use so that they can get money to build up the church building. And the idea that it is a consecrated building for worship only, for God, it, for many, many years, it has not been used at that. And it is just so sad, it's so solemn. And we are then to think that we have places that are consecrated for worship of God. That is what they are used for solely. That is what we gather together to worship God. Is a place where we look for the Lord's presence. And I know it is the, the people that are the church of God. And wherever they meet. And in the days of persecution, in caves and dens of the earth. Or, or even in homes or wherever it was. But... Wherever the people are, wherever the carcass is, there shall the eagles be gathered together. Where the people of God is, there shall the Lord be. Where the Lord is, there shall the people of God be. And that shall be at the end of the world when the Lord comes again. So the house of God, appointed place, come hither and here. But then there are those appointed places in personal experience. Sometimes the Lord bids his dear people to places of affliction, places of trial, places even, you might say, put in a literal way with Elijah, he was to go out to Horeb, into a cave, and there the Lord would speak to him, give him a fresh direction, fresh commission, give him Elisha to be with him to the end of his journey. And that was a special place where the Lord spoke to him. One of the hymns says, Dost thou mind the spot and place where Jesus did thee meet? If we were to say to the eunuch, Where is your special place? He'd say, Well, out in the, in the desert, 
That, that, that is where the Lord met with me and Philip came and he preached Christ to me there. And there are those places that we're brought to. Sometimes it might be a hospital bed. Sometimes it might be at a funeral and there's the open grave of someone we knew. And the Lord speaks that many of the Lord's people can date the time he first spoke to them, awakened them to their need of seeing that open grave. And there are those appointed places on the way to Emmaus was another place, those two walking along that way. Jesus drew near and went with them. And remember they heard the voice of the Lord before they knew the Lord. Their heart burned within them, it is true, but he, their eyes were holden, they did not know him. But that place was made a special place. But then when the Lord appeared to them, showed himself to them, they went back to the disciples and often feel it's a, it's a beautiful description of the testimony of one before the church, in church membership. They told what was done in the way and how Jesus was made known unto them. Those two things, a real experience of what has been done in your life in the way, and how the Lord was made known to you. If you can speak those two things, the Lord bear witness to the reality of them, tell it to the church of God. You know, they didn't wait, did they? They hasted, hasted back and told it, to the brethren, they were already saying when they came, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared. Well, may the Lord give us those appointed places, those places where the Lord, as it were, says, come hither, come hither and hear. The prophets in the Old Testament, many times they, they had to go to the potter's house and they saw the potter working in the clay and then the Lord had a message for them there. They had to go down to, to, to Jordan and, and hide the uh, linen girdle and the leathern girdle and then find it again after many days. And there was a message that was to be heard in those places. So may we first look for it in the house of God, but then be mindful of watching the Lord's providence, watching what the Lord brings us into and where he opens our ears to hear his word as an appointed place personally for us. Come hither, come hither and hear the words, not just of any one, not just the words of God, but the words of the Lord, Jehovah, your God. I want to look then lastly at the words of the Lord, the words that are to be heard. So firstly we come to verse 10. Let us read it again. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Perizzites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Hereby ye shall know, before they had even started to fight, before they even started to drive them out, right here at Jordan, they were going to be given a token, a token of deliverance. It's going to take them seven years before... Canaan was majorly conquested, but even more to be done after that. But what was to be done here, the mercy that was to be shown here, was a token of what the Lord would do. And the idea is that the performance of one mercy is a token of all of the mercies of God. That is what he is saying here. Israel... You look at what is going to happen here at Jordan and I'm going to give an assurance of what I'm going to do right through Canaan. And there's a very strong message that we draw for ourselves from that. But just remember 
that point is it where you've got laid out before them all those adversaries all that land to be conquered all that time and here is one mercy one deliverance one thing that they were going to see happen and done and that was a token now token is not the actual thing but it is an evidence of it remember Rahab she said to the spies give me a true token a true token and there was the scarlet line in the window was the true token the promise that her and her house would not be destroyed that they would be saved alive and they, Rahab is in the line to Christ then we have in verse 11 Israel's God. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now, it's not that the Lord Jesus Christ is the saviour of all the earth. In one sense, he is. He is the saviour of all men, especially of them that believe. He is good to all. His tender mercies are over all his works. In him we live and move and have our being applies to every one of Adam's race. He gives us our breath, he maintains our breath. But there is a pointing here that the God of the people of God is the God of all the earth. It's a fashionable thing today to say, well, you have your God, I have my God, and, and you get to heaven the way you're going to go, and you've got your idea of paradise, and, and we can have ours. But the message here is that the God that is spoken of here is not just the God of Israel, is not just the God in that place, but the God of all the earth. There is but one God. One true God, triune God, Father, Son and Holy Ghost. There is one creator of heaven and earth. There is one throne before we must stand, whom we must stand. There is only one way of salvation. Our Lord says that there is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. If ye believe not that I am he, ye shall perish in your sins. Every nation, kindred and tongue, all the earth shall know that this God, the God that is set before us here, is the Lord of all the earth. He is in control. He is on the throne. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And none can say unto him, what doest thou? Then we have the message of verse 11 regarding the Ark of the Covenant. Remember we said that that was a beautiful time of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was to pass over before you into Jordan. Christ must pass into death as the Ark did into Jordan. That is the message that is pointing here in gospel days. Now let's think of this in a gospel sense. Here is a picture of death with Jordan. Here is a picture of the children of Israel, God's people, looking at the ark, looking at the Lord Jesus Christ typified in that ark, going into death. Here is our Lord going to Calvary. Here is our Lord crucified. It's no wonder that Paul says, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That the Lord says, I, if I be lifted up above the earth, will draw all men unto me. It's no wonder that the cross and an interest in Christ's death and sufferings is the token of heaven a token of obtaining that promised rest and that inheritance because the Lord as the forerunner has gone before us and the grave is empty. 
The children of Israel, we said at the beginning, had to see this. They had to see the effect of the ark being born. The waters they parted, they divided. There's a way through death, through Christ alone. And we have our Lord saying to his people that shall also go through death, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. And the Lord then is pictured in coming to his people as they are going through death, through Jordan, and he is going through them. I will receive you unto myself. He's going through with them. And every one of these children of Israel, God's people, Though it started, they saw the Lord afar off, there came a time that they walked right past that ark in the midst of Jordan. They saw it at close hand. They went through Jordan. They went through death. They went into the promised land. And each one would say that the ark is the way. Christ is the way. He hath made a way. He hath taken away the sting of death. He hath abolished death. He who has fulfilled the law. He who is the bread of life. He who has the authority of God as our high priest. He is the one that brings us into the promised land. And this is the token. This is why the church of God in the two ordinances the Lord has given. Believers baptism, buried with him by baptism into death. Risen again in newness of life. Setting forth Christ's death and Christ's resurrection and the believers identifying with them, and the Lord's Supper, ye do show forth the Lord's death till he come. This is in the gospel way pointing to what we have in the text here. It is focusing our whole hope, our, uh, all what we expect as blessing is to flow from Calvary. We said that this here, is a token, hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you. This is a token where Christ is precious, where there is the precious blood of Christ, where there is a people that are looking to Christ and his sacrifice, not to works of the law, not to deeds of righteousness which we have done, but to Christ and what he has done. And to those that are looking there, there is the true token that they shall obtain that promised rest. Paul says in Romans 10, he longed for the salvation of his countrymen, but he saw them seeking it, though they were zealously seeking it, they were seeking it after the works of the law and not after faith, not seeking it in Christ. And may each of us, dear friends, be seeking that salvation in Christ alone, that our hopes be placed on him and that our desire is, Lord, reveal thyself to me. Remember the Lord rose from the dead. He didn't appear to everybody. He appeared to his disciples. He appeared to those of his people. And there is the true token where the Lord is seen, where he's seen through the preaching, where he's seen in these times. Well, I remember the first time, or not the first time the Lord blessed me, but one special time in, in reading through the account of Jacob wrestling with the angel. There wrestled a man with him to the breaking of the day. And the Lord stopped me in that. Highlighted that word man. There is Christ. I didn't expect to see him there. I'd newly come to faith or seeking the Lord. And there he was. The Lord says, Thou hast wrestled with God and with man and hast prevailed. Thy name shall be Israel. There is a pre-incarnation appearance of the Lord. There is the blessing. The only way that a poor soul can be blessed And those times when the heart leaps, when you see the Lord in the scriptures that you perhaps read many, many times, but then you see him 
And it's precious. It is seen as the Spirit blesses that word, opens it up. I believe that under Philip's preaching, the eunuch saw that so clearly in Isaiah. Saw the Lord, saw his suffering, saw his death. And it was through that and the profession of what he saw that he was baptised. And here then is, is the church of God, the children of God, focused upon this one event, what Christ has accomplished at Calvary. This true token of being a child of God, to have this opened and revealed to you, and to have all your hope. Yes, you say, but I've many adversaries and I've I've much walk walk to go yet. And many things that I fear, the children of Israel would have felt like that. And 38 years before the ten ten, ten spies had brought back an evil report because of all of that that was to be uh, accomplished and, and delivered from their enemies. But here the Lord gives them a true token, a token of their deliverance completely from their enemies and completely brought into that promised land. And so may this word, this message, be a message to us. And above all, may each of us hear the words of the Lord your God. Remember, the Lord has chosen to use words. Heaven and earth shall pass away. My words shall not pass away. He used his words to speak the world into existence and he uses words to bless his people and to speak salvation to their souls. In Samuel chapter 3, I think it is, we read that the Lord appeared again unto Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So may the Lord appear to us by the word of the Lord. Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. Amen.